This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. Well, we start our new series called Classic Christmas today, and uh, we're just excited about, about getting into the holiday season. Classic is such a, a unique word. It reminds us of things that are familiar. We're having a little issue with the lights. We'll just we'll just pretend like they're they're good, and uh, when when they flash and change, we'll we'll go roll with it. Classic reminds us of things that are are familiar, comfortable, and uh, we get we get these uh, memories of, of of times past. The word classic refers to uh, things that represent a standard of excellence that is maintained. Sometimes they refer specifically to, to what is historically memorable when we, we think backwards. And the, this word applies in a variety of categories. We think about literature, about all those books that we were required to read in high school. Many of them came from the classics section. We think about music and all the composed symphonies from the past. That's classical music. But I noticed another change in music. Maybe you recognize this. When I was, when I was in high school, I would listen to the radio as I drove around. And I would hear like the, the newest hits on a certain station. There was another station that had oldies. Uh, and there was another station that was like classic rock. And it was a great, great songs from like the 70s and 80s. And now when I drive around, the, the, the current hits doesn't have any of the music that I listen to. And there's other stations that, that has the music that I listened to in high school. And it's a reminder to me of just how old I am because it's, it's, not, not necessarily the oldie station, but those, those, those great songs that I listen to have been relegated to that classic rock kind of stuff. And I, I don't know I'd call them classic rock because I still remember the, the music I listened to from the 70s and 80s, but they're certainly not current hits anymore. This idea of, of classic, as we apply it to Christmas, reminds us of all those things from childhood, the, the, the traditions that we celebrate together. When Becca and I were, were uh establishing our family. We made a decision that we would bring forward all of those things that we valued from our experiences celebrating Christmas in our own childhoods and, and take the best of those things and just mash them together and, and provide for our kids an experience that they would be able to cherish, that as they got older, they would remember those things as their classic Christmas. And so we have certain foods that we uh, make every year that we we associate with Christmas, and every time I I eat them or smell them being made, I just those memories are flooded back. Um, we we think about the the certain traditions we have of you know unwrapping a Christmas ornament on Christmas Eve and putting it on the tree. We think about decorations. Um, we have this little, this little plastic church that lights up that my wife brought from her, her, that her parents had in her house when she was a little girl. And she, we have that on our counter and we light it up and it just reminds her of home. On our, on our Christmas tree, I mean, we each have ornaments from our parents' homes. We have some ornaments from my grandparents' Christmas tree. And my, my grandparents are no longer living, but every time I hang those ornaments up, those memories come flooding back. That, that classic element of Christmas often reminds us of those, those things that we associate with Christmas, the, the traditions, the, the tree, presents, Santa Claus. But, but really what we want to talk about in terms of classic is that standard of excellence, that historically memorable origin of Christmas that, we, that, that is the, the thing that we celebrate, the story of the birth of Jesus. And as we talk about what classic Christmas is, we're going to be talking about this story. And each week we'll, we'll examine different elements of 
the birth of Jesus and, and learn from that. The danger we have in, in thinking of the story as classic is that it's such a constant. It's, it's present every year. We read through the story maybe multiple times. There's probably some of you who could recite some of the, the, the biblical story of the birth of Jesus just from memory. We know it so well. And the problem with that is that we get so accustomed to the familiar that sometimes we take it for granted. Sometimes we overlook the details because it's just present all the time. The challenge we face is to read the story and, and draw a new meaning from it that, that meets us where we are, that addresses the things going on in our lives, that helps us grow. And that's, that's the beauty of God's Word. It's alive and active, and it, it meets us where we are. Any time we read it, whether it's the second time we read a story or the 27th time we read a story, God's Word is, the truth is unchanging, but it applies to our lives from whatever perspective we approach it. And as we read it again and again, we discover that while our lives have changed, while we're looking, having experienced different things since we read it last, we're in a new stage of life, that the truth of God's word meets us in different ways and teaches us and helps us to grow continually, even when we're not expecting it to. We're going to begin reading this classic story. We're going to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 26, as we discover the unexpected messages that came to Mary and to Joseph and how they responded to them. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, this is an unexpected message. Not at all what Mary probably was thinking would happen this night. And it began with this greeting. To let Mary know she was going to receive some unexpected news. Have you had a greeting like that? Somebody walked up to you, and just the way they say hello, you know they've got something to tell you. When your kids walk in the room and they say, Mom, you look beautiful today. Have I told you how much I love you and respect you and want to listen to everything you tell me? And you think, what did you do? Or what do you want? When somebody butters you so severely, it's, you know the, the, the thing they've got to say is big. Maybe, maybe you've had a different kind of greeting and someone came into the room and said, maybe you need to sit down. We need to talk. And you know that what they have to tell you is going to be significant. Maybe not very pleasant. Mary heard this greeting from the angel. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And she was troubled in ways that I don't fully understand. In the presence of an angel, this, this being, and this greeting, and she was troubled. Not sure what that angel would say next, but ready for something. Mary was in a place where things were changing for her. Events were unfolding. She's at a point in her life where 
She's planning. She's, she's pledged to be married to Joseph and thinking about how, how her life is going to change, how her relationships are going to change. Her whole life, she's been thinking about what it is to be a daughter in her father's household. She's been dreaming about the day she would meet and marry a man and what life would, would then look like as, as she became a, a wife in the, the household of her husband and how they would pro- establish a life together, how they would provide for a family, what, what their family would look like as they had kids someday. She's thinking probably about all of these things happening, and the angel intervenes in the middle of all that with this unexpected message, causing her to reconsider her plans, letting her know that God's plan for her is not about kids someday. It's about the birth of the Savior now as she's planning for her marriage. That's, that's, That's a big change. A a dramatic reevaluation of what Mary thought would be happening, about her expectations, uh, definitely about her timing and the unfolding of those events. The angel was specific about God's plan and and also careful about the way that he reminded Mary that, that God would be with her. He said, the Lord is with you, you who are highly favored. What a surprise for her. Have you noticed how how God's plans are full of unexpected surprises? This is true for Mary, and and in our lives it's true as well. As we we grow in our relationship with the Lord, as we begin to seek his plans for our lives, as we open ourselves up to, to the way that he's leading us, we discover that God's plans are full of unexpected surprises. Maybe you've experienced changes in your plans as you've grown in your relationship with God. Maybe he intervened in your life to help you see a greater purpose, the, 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 the goals that you're living for, that the, the, the joys that you look forward to on the weekends that get you through the week, that, that God is pointing you to a different trajectory and saying, you know, yes, you're living for these things, but, but look up, look outside of yourself, see this, this larger purpose that you can be living for. Maybe, maybe God intervened in your life and changed your career path. All the things that you, you were preparing for in life, the way that you studied, the way that you've, you, you entered into the, the job field, it got, it God met you there and, and helped you understand that, that he had a different path, a different trajectory for your life. Maybe God is confronting you with an undeniable call to, to ministry, to service in his church, and you feel him pulling, you feel him tugging, and you know that it's going to require change in your life. Maybe God's unexpected surprise for you is in terms of your schedule. I know there that some of you are, are organized people, detail-oriented. You have a five-year plan. You have your calendar set. You have events for 2023 already set in your schedule. I'm not one of you, but I know you're out there. God's plans have a way of surprising you. I just want you to be aware of that, that as much as we can prepare, as much as we can plan, as we open ourselves up to God's will and his way, what we can expect are surprises that God will do the unexpected in our lives. He will intervene. He will change. He will redirect our planning and our thinking. And we need to be ready to see how and when he will use our lives as we open up them up to him. Maybe, maybe you had a, a really big thing that you were looking forward to that you thought would be happening right now. And every time you got close to that, everything just kind of fell through. And you tried to work on those plans. You tried to, 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 to redirect what was happening, but, but everything just fell apart. 
difficulty came up. Nothing seemed to work out. And that unexpected delay brought about frustration, anger, doubt. What, what, what's happening? Maybe, maybe you were planning for a big change in your life down the road. Setting the stage. Getting prepared. Growing personally. Knowing that this thing was coming. But God's plan was different. Suddenly, it's here now and you feel totally unprepared. You're full of anxiety. You feel overwhelmed and over your head. Have you noticed that when you get beyond those, those huge changes, you look back and you see how God was working in hindsight. There's such clarity. And you look back and, and you see how even though you expected something to be far off and God, God produced it in your life right now, you, you see that, that what God did was grew you through that experience and developed in you the the capacities that were growing so that you could handle that thing that even though you felt overwhelmed, he showed you how much you can trust him. Maybe when, when you were hoping that something would happen and your plans fell apart and you look back and you see that, that you just weren't ready and that God had work to do in you first before this change happened. And, and you look back and you say, wow, God, thank you for your perfect timing. Thank you for, for working things out the way you did. I see now what you were doing. What would happen if we could in the moment See God at work when things don't go according to plan, when, when our schedule falls apart, when the unexpected happens right now instead of when it's supposed to, that we could open our hearts and minds to God's plan and be ready for what it is that he is doing in our lives, that we would be willing to step into the unexpected because we can see that it's God When there's no other explanation because everything we're working for is failing and we see how God is intervening, confronting, so that we can be a part of his will and his way, how much different would our lives look if we would recognize his hand at work? This is, this is where Mary found herself, speaking with this angel, an unexpected change, and she met that with a willing spirit, though she did have some questions about how God would accomplish what he was calling her to do. As we continue reading in verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. That was an unexpected message that caused Mary to change her plans. And as those plans changed, she aligned her plans with God's plans. And sure, she had questions. That doesn't mean she didn't believe. She wanted to know how this would take place. It doesn't mean she wasn't willing to follow. And I think this is an appropriate example for us to recognize that when God changes our plans, it's okay for us to, to ask him about that. It's okay for us to, to present God with this question. What, how are you going to, to bring about this change? What is it that you're doing in my life, God? We, we shouldn't be afraid to ask God those questions, especially when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like things are out of our hands, to ask God to help us understand what he's doing. When Mary asked, she received reassurance through the angel, not about her ability to deliver and care for a child. She received reassurance about God's power. You're going to give birth to a son. 
How is this going to happen? What? Don't worry about that. The power of the Holy Spirit. Think about your, your cousin Elizabeth, who is so old it is said that she is unable to have a child. She's been buried her whole life. Everybody is saying there's no way she's going to have a child. Look what God is doing. She's already carrying a child. She's in her sixth month. And when Jesus is born, she will already have had her son. No word from the Lord will ever fail. God is working in the realm of impossibility, doing things that aren't supposed to happen. That's why they're called miracles. This is the way God works, and we can trust him to do the things that he does. Mary submitted to God, understanding that to be the case. And it's a beautiful picture for us of what a relationship with God should look like, trusting in his power, trusting in his ability to do the things that we don't see a possible way to accomplish. We can let God do what he does and follow faithfully where he calls us to lead. Mary accepted the role that God designated for her. She agreed to become the mother of Jesus. She accepted her place and gave her service to the Lord, submitting to him, submitting to the changes in her plans, even though they presented a significant risk to her. Think about where she was in her life. This young woman in her father's household, thinking about her marriage to Joseph, this pregnancy, Put that marriage at risk. What would Joseph do when he found out she was carrying a child? Think about the risk in her community as all of the other women in town would look at her and see that she was carrying a child and all of them would think, well, this doesn't add up. She was risking her reputation. She was risking so much to agree to God's plans, trusting that he had everything under control. Trusting that he would carry her through all of the uncertainty, all of the risk, all of the difficulty that might come about because of his plan for her life. And yet she's still facing this question, how will Joseph respond to this unexpected message? Matthew chapter 1, we read about his story, beginning in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Now, here's an unexpected message that would change Joseph's plans dramatically. Joseph, a, a man who was obedient to the law, a man who was faithful to God, and his word, when he found out Mary was pregnant, he began formulating a plan of his own. And that plan was the result of his observations of what he saw to be true and the result of some of his assumptions. Now, according to the law, Joseph knew what his rights were. He had the right to drag Mary out in front of the town and accuse her of unfaithfulness, of adultery. And that would have been devastating she would have been significantly harmed. Her reputation destroyed. There's a possibility that she could have been executed by stoning. Joseph knew he had a right to do that, but he didn't want to disgrace her publicly. His plan 
was to send her back to her parents' home, divorce her quietly, to walk away, sever ties in their relationship. He had a right to do that. But was that his best course of action? Just because it was his right didn't mean that it is what he should do. But he had decisions to make about what he would do with the changes that were taking place in their relationship. Changes that were going to affect his plans with Mary. Have you noticed how God's plans have a way of changing our plans? Before Joseph received this unexpected news from God, he had a plan to deal with the unexpected situation in Mary's pregnancy. I find it interesting that with, with the information Joseph had, he was formulating his plan based off of his assumptions, guessing about Mary's motivation, guessing about the events that had transpired, making assumptions about her character, and choosing a course of action, formulating his own plan, some off of facts, much of his plan off of his guesses and assumptions. What would have been the best course of action for Joseph? Maybe if he had just been willing to sit down and talk to Mary about what was happening. Maybe if he had just started a conversation about why she was in the situation she was in. He could have found out from her what God was doing. This is a, a powerful reminder to us about, about the importance of communication in our relationships, about how much difficulty, worry, anger, jealousy, resentment, we could save ourselves if we would just sit and plainly talk to one another. How different life would be if we could look one another in the eye and remove the guessing, remove the assumptions, and deal face-to-face, person-to-person, heart-to-heart. Joseph was ready to make decisions about their lives based off his assumptions. And the angel intervened, stopping Joseph from pursuing his course of action. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be great to have an angel step into our lives every time we were about to make a bad decision based off our assumptions? Wait! Let me explain to you what God is doing in your life and in the world around you before you make that stupid choice. Wait, wait. Let me explain to you what your wife means when she says this. I know you have no way of knowing. Let me just fill in the gaps for you. Wait. Before you do that, let me tell you what your friends mean when they say this to you. I know it hurts. I know your pride is wounded. They don't want you to leave this friendship. They just want you to grow so that Everybody can tolerate you a little bit better. Those things hurt. Those things are hard to understand. And sometimes when we hear things that we don't like, we make assumptions about people's character. We make assumptions about their motivation. And we want to run from that. We want to, we want to flee. We want to make a course of action that will usually end that relationship. What would happen if we had some guardian angel looking out for us to help us see the error of our assumptions and address our relationships with the truth? It would be an incredible gift, a gift that Joseph was given here in this moment to see how God was working in their lives, how not only was God calling Mary to be the mother of Jesus, God was calling Joseph to be the father of Jesus as he lived his life. An incredible role and responsibility. 
And so the angel intervened. Joseph, son of David, got his attention. Think about the significance of this title. For Jesus to fulfill prophecy and become the Messiah, as we read earlier in the passage, that he would sit on the throne of David and reign over the, the children of Jacob, a, a rule and reign that would have no end. Joseph was contributing to the prophecy of Jesus in the line of David. Not only was he helping fulfill prophecy, he would also help in the life of Jesus. As a young boy, Joseph would be present to encourage and to guide and correct and to help this little one. It's an important role for him to play. He probably wouldn't be correcting very much because it's Jesus. Can you imagine a, a toddler Jesus being perfect and having, I mean, parenting a perfect child? We can all imagine what that would be like. Joseph had a right to walk away. He had a right to leave this unfamiliar situation, to leave this uncomfortable moment. And yet God called him to make a decision, to change his perspective, to take responsibility for Mary and for this child that would be born, and to be obedient to God's calling. He and Mary would have been hopeful about the possibility of starting a family in the future. And this news from the angel brought that reality of a baby to the forefront. An incredible example for us to see God at work when things don't happen the way we want them to. Jesus would be born, the result of this supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus would enter the world and become God with us. He'd be the very presence of God, making his dwelling among us here on earth. It's an important reminder from Joseph's life. Instead of focusing on our rights, the right we have to say no, the right we have to leave things behind and move on with our lives, the right we have to, to bury ourselves in the events, the schedule, the things that need to be done, we should first take responsibility for the roles that we are being called to fulfill and see how God will use our lives when we step forward into his plan. Maybe you recognize the commitments that are present in your life that God is working through when you're faithful and fulfilling them. You have family commitments, roles that you play, and the relationships that you have. You have work commitments, places where you've given your word and people are waiting to see if you will be faithful and follow through. You have commitments to care for others, to help others. Maybe, maybe you feel called to serve the Lord and his kingdom, and you're recognizing places where you can use everything that he's given you for something greater than yourself. And that's a frightening prospect. Maybe, maybe there, there are places where you feel like people are urging you to serve and it feels like an obligation. It's not something that you want to say yes to. But you feel like you have to. You're, you're thinking about whether or not you should say yes because you've got so much going on. Will you be overcommitted? You have the right to say no. But what would God do if you were willing to rearrange your schedule, if you were willing to change your plan and see what it is he has in store for you? Maybe it's God calling you to one of those places. Maybe there are godly people around you reminding you of the value you have for the kingdom, reminding you of the worth that God has placed in you, encouraging you to use that for him instead of for you. What would God do in you if you were willing to set your rights aside and instead focus on your roles and responsibilities to fulfill those roles? Maybe you see a gap in the church. Maybe you see a gap in the community, something that you know you could fulfill, you could bless people's lives with, even though it's not your responsibility. You could use that moment of opportunity 
to serve the Lord and be an image of his love in the, in the world around you. Maybe you, you recognize it in the lives of the people around you, a need. As you're talking with people that you know and you see they're struggling relationally and you know that you could help. Maybe you see them struggling financially and you know they need some assistance. Maybe they're struggling with a big decision and they're trusting you with the details of their lives to help advise them about what they should do next. God is placing these opportunities in our lives. And we each have a decision about how we will choose to go about those responsibilities that we didn't ask for. Will we step into those roles and see how God will use us here and now when, when what, what's present is not what we plan for, when it has nothing to do with, with the events that we expected to take place, but it's an unexpected change, an unexpected opportunity to say yes to God and see what he'll do with our lives, what will happen when we open our hearts and minds to what he's doing in the unexpected and step into that. God is calling each of us to see his hand at work. For some of us, it, it is an opportunity to accept Christ as Lord and Savior for the first time to recognize our need for forgiveness, to surrender to him, accept him as Lord and Savior, repent of our sins and be baptized in his name. For others who have been a Christian a long time, it's not about making a decision once and then living as someone who's saved, waiting for eternity. It's about seeing how God is intervening continually in our lives, calling us to make changes, calling us to grow, calling us to see how we can serve his kingdom faithfully in the here and now, even when it's not what we expected. What is it that God is confronting you with in your life? What unexpected change is taking place and you know, even though it's going to require you to make some big changes, that it's God pulling you that way. Are you willing to step into that? Are you willing to let God work in you? Are you willing to see the trajectory that he will point your life toward when you open your heart to him? This morning, as we conclude our sermon, I want to invite you to make a decision about your relationship with the Lord. I want to invite you to make a decision about what it is that he's calling you to, that thing that he's pushing you toward. If it's a decision to accept Christ, if it's a decision to serve, if it's a decision to, to recognize these moments, to, to become his love in the world around you, whatever it is that you would say yes to God, would you please join me in prayer? God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth even when it brings an unexpected message into our lives, even when it brings an unexpected change of plans, God, I pray that you would help us to be open to what it is that you're doing, that we would see your powerful hand at work, even when we don't think it's possible, God, that we would trust you. God, we thank you for these moments of change. I pray that you would continue to work in us, to grow us and develop us into who you need us to be. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.